center for USC off the right by Zoe Burns. The ball takes a deflection from a CSUN defender. Finds Penelope Hawking outside the box without her right shoe. She takes the shot. What a goal for USC. No need for her right shoe. There you have it. Near Farmer for the center. Conduce el esférico y lleva el balón. El pase filtrado para quien ahí encuentra a Sebana de Melo. Dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. Sale la arquera. Golazo. Gol. De la Universidad del Sur de California. Le dije, dímelo y me lo dijo. Un verdadero sabobazo. Vámonos, ¿qué tal? ¿Qué tal mi gente de San Bombazo? We are here yet again with another San Bombazo episode with more great topics about the world of soccer. This time around, we have some interesting, interesting rumors and topics we will be looking into. Pero pues empecemos, empecemos con lo importante. The Scotiabank uh, CONCACAF Champions League <laughs> is now in its semifinal stage and boy... Have we seen some crazy results? Los partidos de cuarto de final, cuartos de final, estuvieron cardíacos. I almost, almost <laughs> had a heart attack watching, watching those games. But <laughs> hey, they were crazy enough for the um, stage of of quarterfinals. Now we are in um, semifinals with Pumas, Cruz Azul, Seattle, and New York FC, who barely made it to the stage. <laughs> But these are now um, the teams that are now... They crawled on... their way to the next <laughs> semifinals. Dire Juan Carlos Osorio, pasamos caminando, pero no, ellos got... They're now in the next stage, but let's go back to discuss what happened in quarterfinals. We mentioned um, sort of the comunicaciones, what they did to New York City FC. A uh, first leg game that was a bit tough for them. Uh, <laughs> a, but bit. Then, uh, a, a bit? A bit, a bit tough for them. And it's sort of, they, I, I saw them worrying the New York City FC. But in the next game, in that um, second leg match, they totally worried yeah. the New York side. Um, in the end result, 5-5 aggregate. And, and there was a golazo for the, como se llama, a number 10. I don't remember his, um, he was a captain for Guatemala, but... I'm proud of, of uh, Mr. Pines. Um, um, <laughs> Tus compatriotas. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and I just want to mention, too, it's surprisingly in the, in the first leg in New York, there was, I think there was more, I can bet you there was more Guatemalans than, than, <laughs> than New York City fans. And that, that just goes to show. I think it was uh, Contreras that, that scored a golazo. Um uh, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to check. Yeah, it was Contreras, uh, number 10. Yeah, and he, he started kissing the badge. He started crying. It was, it was <laughs> emotional. Just for us to not to get robbed, essentially. Um, In the end? By, by the refs and, that's, and Conca that's, what ends up, that's what ends up happening, you know. Yeah. You, you sort of have a good performance, and then just it's all <laughs> thrown out the window by the performance of the ref. Um, it was a 4-2, six goals in one game, six goals in 90 minutes. It was minutes. a great goal. It was, and we were down twice. I say we, like I'm a communication <laughs> fan. All of a sudden, but we were down twice at one point. That's it's crazy for a five-five aggregate. So, which means a what is it? Yeah, New York City had won the first like three to one. Um, and you mentioned also the the presence of fans at the New York City, um, the first like match. Um, New York City didn't play in their home stadium. So that sort of adds to it. But oh, my you, God. Okay, already making excuses. No, 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 no. No, uh, Guatemalans traveled all the way to New York to watch that game. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly what I'm saying. There was a great majority of um, 
gente de comunicaciones, right? Mm -hmm. they, they were um, the, ah, I their fans. I want to say comunicaciones. I say like Chapinas in general. Just like anyone who's Guatemalan. <laughs> they just showed up to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, they showed their support. That's what they need. And that's sort of what also got them to have this great performance against New York City FC. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, there's sort of another, um, a play similar to the one with Uruguay and Peru that just occurred. Um, mm -hmm. where the keeper is literally inside his goal with the ball. <laughs> they don't call it a goal. I, I certainly don't know what's going on, but <laughs> hey. Can we just like ask UEFA if we can borrow their reps for like a few <laughs> games and then hopefully teach our reps? Yeah, I mean, we should have sort of a one-on-one -on -one lesson. <laughs> with them. We should even call a ref up to the show and be like, hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, CONCACAF uh, refs in Let's general. Of a, 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 a refereeing workshop. You're at Edinburgh. We should. We should have a whole course. Uh, yeah. A Masters of Refereeing at USC. Hey, Carol Fult, if you're listening to this episode, you should take that in, in consideration. Now, that would have been crazy for Guatemala, crazy yeah. for um, Comunicaciones, to have uh, won against New York City FC and got into the semifinals of, uh, I guess, Probably very likely for the first time now mm -hmm, yeah. um, of these uh, Concacaf Champions League, where you usually at least in recent memory, especially because right, he's it's... been dominated by Liga MX and, and MLS. And now that's the other thing. Um, now going to to that <laughs> debate, there has been this ongoing debate whether or not Liga MX is, is superior to the MLS. MLS mm -hmm. has certainly been growing in the last few years. A lot of expansion teams, a lot of great players, a lot of great young players too, um, but you still see sort of, uh, I don't know if I'm biased, mm -hmm. but you still see sort of Liga Yamekis up top, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of you saw that in the Pumas New England <laughs> Revolution wow. game. Yeah, arguably one of the best managers in U.S. Uh, Bruce Arena. Federation, Bruce Arena, just goes to show that he should maybe retire. I mean, I, I don't know if we're <laughs> going all the way there, but um, that was a great match, and I'll let you, uh, I mean, sort of, we, we could talk about this. I'll let you know. I did watch that game. Uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I, I did watch that game. All of a sudden, I won't yo, say where. I won't say how. Supposedly, so you're, you're, uh, you're a Chivas fan, but all of a sudden, you're a Pumas fan for 24 hours. Goya, Goya, cachun, cachun, no, ra, ra. Ya, ya me aprendí la porra de Pumas. <laughs> it was a crazy game for Pumas. Yep. Uh -huh. A crazy game for Juan Ignacio Dineno. And in the end, it paid off. It paid off pushing it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they won 3-0 at home mm -hmm. in El Estadio Olimpico eh, Universitario. And then that pushed to penalties mm -hmm. where <laughs> <laughs> some players missed from New England. And uh -huh. that sort Can of... We, should we say his name or... Go his, for it. His, uh, Aquí es muy conocido en los <laughs> Sebastian Legit. Híjole. I think Becky G was mad at him right after that. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Um, uh, We're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that might have been the case after this game. But yes, 3-0 Pumas against New England. Now, if for the semifinal stage, we'll have two M uh, MLS teams playing against each other and two Liga MX teams playing against each other. Mm -hmm. That is Cruz Azul Pumas and New England against Seattle Sanders, who... I mean, Leon sort of had the blueprint of how to pull things off and sort of come back from a 3-0 um, loss in the first leg and sort of pull through in the second half, or sorry, in the second leg, the second 90 minutes. They weren't able to do it. They didn't mm -hmm. have such a great team, I guess, like Andres Lilini with, with Juan Ignacio Yoneno. Um, But 
I mean, Pumas hasn't been doing great in the league, in, their, in this season at least, in the last few seasons. I won't throw too much shade, but <laughs> um, it was exciting to sort of see this result come up um, yeah. for Pumas, especially um, with their story, sort of Andres Lilini being a youth coach and then pulled up as an interim um, and ended up staying and taking uh, taking their team to great instances in the league. And now this moment of... Um, the Champions League for CONCACAF. They will have to pull through against Cruz Azul and they will have to pull through against either New York City or Seattle um, in the final. But how do you see things playing out? Um, it's going to be interesting no matter what because we have that final showdown between a Liga MX club and an MLS club. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get into predictions, but uh, at this point, I did not expect Comunicaciones or even Pumas for that matter to be staging any type <laughs> of comeback. And so I can't really predict. It's 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 harder. I think it's more difficult to predict this tournament than like Concacaf and Conmebol. Uh, Conmebol like less so. But um, uh, how do you feel, or who would you want to pass, Pumas or? I want. I'll I'll say this. Kachun kachun ra ra go yeah go. Pumas Pumas will have to take it against Cruz Azul. You're a Pumas fan now. All of a sudden, I don't know if they can do it against Cruz Azul, but we'll have to sort of see. It's a different tournament. Um, you sort of see Pumas betting for for this Concacaf Champions League rather than for their league position. Um, but. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. They put in all their chips in the Coca-Cola Champions League. Yeah, you know, they win more. I mean, terminas yendo al Mundial de Clubes y ahí sí pagan. Acá en la Liga MX no, no tanto. But hey, um, it, it was a great game. It was a great way for Pumas to to come back from that loss in the first uh, match. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just exciting to see that again in the Champions League, in the Coca-Cola yeah. Champions League. Mm-hmm. I mean, no tienes noches mágicas como en Champions League en la UEFA. But <laughs> hey, we're starting to get there. <laughs> now, another point of discussion. Um, I remember a friend of ours was uh, talking about this, where it's sort of the debate I mentioned, the distinction between uh, ML- M- MLS and Liga MX, um, sort of that competition between the two. He said, if it is sort of the time for MLS to come up top, it is this time around because mm. they had literally what it was. There was three teams um, from Liga MX and four from mm-hmm. uh, MLS. And then there's one for Guatemala. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, they sort of had that majority. And it happened last year, too, or last time around, where the uh, Liga MX teams ended up coming up top, too, even though there was less of them. Um, I guess that's just the thing. Liga MX for some reason in these competitions interliga no between the two leagues ends up coming up top. I, I don't know. What, <laughs> what, what do you what, what what do you think of that? Like well, this seems like propaganda. Like Liga MX is to win no matter what. No, no. I mean we're just asking and having a debate, a conversation between the two of us. Like they're just the favorites. What can we say about is that? It, is it? Do do you see sort of better competition? I, I, uh, I mean, so, no. it's gradually, it's been uh, gradually been getting more competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it's better. It, it gives more credibility to the tournament itself, and it, it will have more eyes, and it will be, it will hold more if, if at least MLS teams are competing. That's uh, sure. And so, I, I, I think if it's, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm not saying hopefully, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, if the uh, MLS wants to progress. 
Right. The first league they have to compare themselves to is their their neighbors, next door neighbor. Their yeah. Next door neighbor. And so if they win this tournament, that might signal a transition or or, or like a, a turning point in in their history as a league, in which it, it starts becoming more competitive and more more serious in a sense. It could certainly uh, signify that. Now we'll have to wait and see what happens between Seattle and New York City. And what will happen between Cruz Azul and Pumas? Let's uh, see. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into predictions, but that will happen. Take place Tuesday, April fifth. The um, game between Pumas and Cruz Azul. I think it's obvious. The first leg, and then the second leg, or sorry, the um, second game would be Wednesday, April sixth, between Seattle and New York City. What, think, what do you see as obvious, Hector? I think the American <laughs> American semifinals is going to be. It's, it's easy. I think Seattle's going to take it. You think? I, yeah, They're going to beat the current champion of MLS. I know, and but New the York way City they FC? looked, I think that that might be. I even know. Look, Comunicaciones—they're my club, right? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, fan. Not, oh, yeah. okay, all of Guatemala's Comunicaciones. But um, uh, because that might be like a that might hurt their ego, and that you know there are champions of MLS that you almost lost against the champions of Guatemala. I mean, yeah, I mean there were champions of Guatemala, right? So uh, maybe it's not that an ego is hurt because of the team, but it's because they almost lost, and maybe that like disallowed goal might take an effect in which oh, if it wasn't for that, we would not be here right now. I so. guess there certainly is some part of it. Um that can play a role in, like, their mental stage. Mm-hmm. However, after, uh, I mean, uh, okay, yes, that that might be a thing. Because after the first, like, against Comunicaciones, uh, after winning 3-1, they ended up playing Montreal Impact, right? Mm-hmm. Winning 4-1 in the MLS regular season. When they ended up losing 4-2 against Comunicaciones, they came back to the MLS, played Philadelphia Union, and lost 2-0. Mm-hmm. They'll now be I'm playing Toronto. Uh-huh. We'll see how that goes. And it happened to New England as well. Uh, they, they, they they crashed out against Pumas, and they, I don't know who, I forget who they ended up losing to, but he lost again. And Bruce Arena is just like in the mud right now. And uh, <laughs> he should get fired. <laughs> you certainly have some opinion about Bruce Arena. But... I think every American soccer fan has an opinion <laughs> on Bruce Arena. Hey, well, we'll have to. Yeah, that's true. Damn, they ended up losing against Charlotte, the expansion yeah, team. The expansion MLS. team. 3 1. Them. Three that's, one. Yeah. Yes, that's that's crazy. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens for um uh, these four teams now in the semifinal stage of the Concacaf Champions League. Now staying in the MLS, vámonos con una hot take, una calientita. De quién? Pa. De quién? A ver, pues creo va a tener que ser mi opinión, okay. pero we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. Ya Dímelo. que el entrenador de los terremotos de San José. Sigue coqueteando con el equipo de sus amores, ¿eh? Sigue echándole ahí un ojo pícaro. It seems like a total love story since after Matias Almeida left Chivas, he has always been making comments about wanting to go back. Once more in a press conference, he mentioned his contract could come to an end tomorrow if he so wishes. With that, the rumors have gone out the roof, placing um, Almeida back in Chivas, sort of, what what, what do you see um, uh, with that sort of conversation? Almeida sort of always, hey, I want to go back. I want to go mm-hmm. back. I mean, that's understandable, but I think especially when it comes to San Jose's case in which they've been struggling for the past few years, mm-hmm. if not decades. Yes. <laughs> but um, Since 2001, they haven't won a title. <laughs> and, and they've been trying to, uh, they're not, uh, they're the worst team in California, would you say? I think so. You would say that they're the worst team? 
So I, I mean, you you San Jose is not better than LA Galaxy <laughs> and is not better than LA. So yes, they are are the worst by default. Yeah. Like the Sacramento Kings of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, but um. It's it's very hard. I think if I was the players, if I was the 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 front office for that club, I'd be offended. You know, I I get it is that always like if if Messi were to come out in a press conference for PSG and be like, I want to go back to Barca. He has. <laughs> I mean, that, that rumor has been going out too. <laughs> I mean, because they want him out, right? But yes. that's understandable, yes. right? Because that's his boy like boyhood club, and that's where he came from. That's what right. created him, and what. He he created Barca too. Yes. So that's understandable. And to a degree for for Almeida too, that's understandable. But then then if if you have that urge to go back, then then why'd you? What take was the your? Job. What would you? Yeah. Why would you take the job? Why would you like not just stay, help Chivas, and 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 help them continue? Yeah. And then also go to San Jose too. That, that not I'm, I'm not disparaging San Jose, but I'm saying like it's obviously a project there. Mm-hmm. So it has to be more. It has to be taken more seriously. Yeah, te comparo San Jose al Necaxa en la Liga MX. Mm. Necaxa has sort of had this, I guess, bad uh, leadership um, in the sense that they get good players and then they immediately sell them. <laughs> now, San Jose hasn't been able to get good players. Jackson Uvel? Just yet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but they also, they just can't bring good players for him. Uh-huh. And that's, again, another one of the complaints that Matias has had for, for the San Jose staff. Um, now, why did he take the position? Why did he leave Chivas? Because he was, I don't know. He In Chivas, he had just won a title. Um, he had done great things with Chivas. But then he sort of lost all his good players. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were sold off after that title. And he had to do things, or he had to sort of match what he had just done, what he had just accomplished with young players and youth players. Mm-hmm. And he didn't see that as a possibility. Now he comes to San Jose and he sort of, given or facing the same issue. Mm. Um, now my hot take comes in here. Go for it. And I don't think Matias should come back to Chivas. As mm. much as I would want to see it and I would want him back, I don't think he should come back. Can I guess why? You could go for Do it. Do you want him to like see if there's opportunities elsewhere beyond MLS? Like maybe go to like Spain? Mm, I, that That's not my reasoning. <laughs> I mean, it might benefit him. But my reasoning is I don't see him matching that um that title run he had mm, in 2017 he might like tarnish his legacy exactly you yeah, already yeah, yeah. have that built leadership uh that built built legacy um Chivas fans have him in the pedestal and if he comes back he will have to match and exceed that yeah it's and, like that Bruce Arena tr- exactly. like like he did well with the US before and he came back and did that and now everyone looks at him negatively, even though he did well for the U.S. earlier. And it's because Matias already with Chivas has a league title, has a tournament title, Copa MX, mm-hmm. has a Supercopa, has a Champions League, a CONCACAF Champions League. Like, how are you going to get all those four titles again? Mm-hmm. You just can't. Yeah. And also... Would that be the expectation? That, that he would, like, just... He already ret- did it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It, like, you will come into the job with higher expectations, mm-hmm. having already accomplished this. It was like when Victor um, Victor Manuel Bucetich came out, he uh, or came up to Chivas. He was in with the expectation that um, he's called El Rey Midas. Whatever mm-hmm. he touches turns into gold. Um, that was the expectation when he came into Chivas, and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so he was sacked. Um, now that's going to be the risk that Matias plays if he comes back to Chivas. And I wouldn't want him to sort of spoil that image that he already yeah. has with the team. Now, again, the same topic we had discussed 
when he left Chivas, he was facing um, having to play with youth players. Mm-hmm. Currently, the contract uh, topic of conversation for Chivas has not been looking so well. Oh, Their no. starting goalkeeper, Raul Gudinho, hasn't uh, oh, yeah. signed his, his extension. He, he had to sit out. He has he has been sitting out as, uh, I guess, a staff decision. And that, that's bizarre on his own. I don't know if that's going to convince him. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's logical like whatsoever. <laughs> hey, you know, you're not going to play since you haven't like signed. You won't play until you sign. Fine, <laughs> I won't sign. I'll just leave to another team. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's not logical in like the way I see it. Another player that would be a, a crucial loss for Chivas mm-hmm. would be the absence of Alexis Vega, who has mm-hmm. been rumored that uh, PSV Eindhoven um, in, in the Netherlands, um, they have sort of created this partnership with Chivas um, sort of to to get players in and out of both of the teams. Um, and they seem to be liking Alexis Vega for his performance in Chivas. Mm-hmm. So he might be going over there. She, Alexis Vega is, if not the best player Chivas has at the moment. Mm. If he ends up leaving... Not Macias? Uh, no, it, it can't be Macias. <laughs> not, not Mr. Twinkie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We'll explain that in another episode once we have a full-on topic. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, you're losing your best player. Yeah. And it's not likely that you will have another good player come up for Chivas in the That's next true. few months. I think if he wants to go back, he has to see as a project and not like and a he would have to glory. rebuild again. And he would have to spend time there. And is that something he wants? That's another thing. Because when Matias came for the first time, came in 2015, 2016, Chivas was fla- fighting to not go into the second division. Yeah. They were in the last few um, positions. Now, Matias was having to rebuild that. If he's going to face that again, I feel he's going to get tired of it again. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it would just be harder for him. Yeah. Now, este, la, la situación de Chivas en, en firmar jugadores cada vez se les dificulta más. Um, they're charging, or sorry, the teams, the other teams in Liga MX are sort of charging a lot for Mexican players because they know Chivas can only buy Mexican players. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. So that's another difficulty um, to bring sort of a, a replacement for Alexis Vega. Um, other than that, I mean, there's not much... I don't know. I, I just don't see Matias. Uh, that, that's the other thing. I don't see he. I don't see him coming in. Yes, mm. he might express his desire and his like wanting to to come back to Chivas. Um, but however, yes, he signed a contract with Earthquakes for three years. Those three years are up. He extended it for a year without uh, um, clausula de rescisión, este, mm. the, like a clause to to leave the the cl- contract, right? Um, so he could leave it whenever he wants. That was his quote just this week in, in press conference. Mm-hmm. However, he wouldn't be able to get to Chivas whenever he wants because yeah. um, he would have to theoretically leave San Jose around October because um, that's when the season ends. Mm-hmm. But that's also um, when the season ends for, for Chivas. Mm-hmm. Since due to the World Cup starting in November, the season's cut short um, to to end in October rather than the, in December. Um, so that means that Matias Alveda wouldn't come to Chivas until 2023. Um, that would be a few months of him not training or not like doing anything. Um, and then you would also have to wait and see what Marcelo Micheleano or whoever the coach is for Chivas then mm-hmm. has just accomplished with the team. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see him coming in. And I guess, yes, going back to my hot take, I don't think he should come back to Chivas. It would only have, it, it would have to be perfect timing for her to come back. And 
specifically now with like you mentioned Galdino y Vega, mm -hmm. and and uh, it looks like they may, they might be leaving and their influential players in that in that setup. It, would it be okay for you to come back at that point and restart and create a new project? Um, we just have to see. I mean, he does. It seems like he wants to leave San Jose no matter what. So, <laughs> yeah, they he has rejected various um opportunities to coach. I think he was asked to coach a national team. I don't remember mm -hmm. where. Um, but it might have been Chile if I remember correctly. I, I think he rejected that offer. Um, and why would he reject Chile for for San Jose? Well, he stayed in San Jose with, uh, I guess, the hopes. Or that's what the media has been saying, that with the hopes that he could go back to Chivas. Oh, I, 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 I mean, Jose Luis Higuera, who is the athletic director or sort of the one in charge of making the, the Las Contrataciones uh, for Chivas, has already talked with Matias in the past. Mm -hmm. So if it didn't happen then, what makes you think that it will happen now? Yeah. I, I just don't see it happening. And I think... Chivas fans, uh, myself included, we get very excited <laughs> when we see rumors. Um, but I've sort of learned to, like, hey, don't make anything of it until it's an actual official thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, rumors never happen if you're a Chivas fan. Like, hey, um, Pizarro's coming back to Chivas. Yes, he never did. He went to Monterrey. Um, what was another one? Sebastián Córdoba from America was going to come to Chivas. Uriel was going to leave. That never happened. Uriel ended up leaving, and we didn't get any players. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we ended up getting Roberto Alvarado, which has slowly gotten back to his level. But, hey, I mean, we'll sort of have to wait and see what happens with the team and if that ends up shifting or changing Matias um, Almeida's uh, thoughts or thought process of whether or not he wants to come back and take that challenge again. Mm -hmm. would, you, would you sort of come back? After having done this and achieving so much with, with the team? I'd come back, but... Running that risk of sort of <laughs> changing or, um, I don't know, affecting your image with the, with the fan base? I, you risk, like, ruining your legacy. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it I, I depends on the fans. I, I'm not a huge... I don't follow Chivas. Mm -hmm. But would you say if he were to start, like, coaching badly, like, how would the fans react to that? That's the thing, because not only are there Chivas fans, <laughs> somos Mexicanos. <laughs> like, yes, sabes, you know, when a coach starts doing bad, sadly, it's the truth. Yeah. They start sort of bashing on him and asking to um for him to, to leave. You saw the case with this day. We were talking about it yesterday. Um, Javier El Vasco Aguirre, mm -hmm. who, hey, he's a recognized coach. He has done great things with other teams. And the fans were just asking him to leave Monterrey. And that's what ended up happening in a bizarre way, which we ended up not discussing in this episode. But um, he, he ends up leaving, and it was also in part because of the reaction of the fans. Mm -hmm. I guess fans just play a heavy, um, uh, like, a role in deciding whether or not they should stay. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, and I am scared that, yes, the fan base would start complaining and asking him for uh, asking for him to leave if he ends up having some bad performance at the start of, of his time with Chivas again. Yeah, I mean, we just have to wait and see. And and what happens to Chivas, like them too, with their players? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe this season with Marcelo Micheliano, which this is totally 
Uh, I don't see it happening. But hey, maybe they get the title this year. I don't know what like what would uh, <laughs> what would the front office do in that case? Like, hey, you just won the title, but you were an interim head coach. Te la vamos a quitar. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, with Matias in San Jose and with Chivas in general. But and Macias with Twinkies. <laughs> we'll have to tell that story at some point in this episode because then those people listening to to ours, uh, our our topic and our conversation will be like, what do you mean? <laughs> But hey, bueno, con eso con eso concluimos el episodio de hoy. Hector, algo más que quisieras agregar? No, uh, Honduras might win contra México. Ooh, in San Pedro Sula. We'll have to. It's too late for hot takes, but he might. Hey, they might. They might. Last hey. time they played there, who won? Hot take. We'll, we'll remember our first hot take in this uh, podcast. Hector um, saying Honduras was going to make it to the World Cup. We'll to have fair, to wait. It was going as planned until <laughs> Honduras decided to give the game away to Panama. 15 minutes against <laughs> Panama and 15 minutes against Panama in this game. Uh, just recently, it went on for more for more Sambombaso content, and uh, make sure to visit. Uh, and check it, check us out, check out our other episodes on Spotify. Also, don't forget to follow Dimelo on Instagram. We'll have more social media content coming soon. Thank you for listening to San Bombazo. I'm Jose Romo here with Hector Almendares.